1: To resident advisors exchange our series of conversations with the artists labels and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape my name is mark smith and i'm the tech editor of resident advisor the exchange this week is with francois x between a residency at parisian club concrete regular slots at berghain and the dark warehouse ready sound of his label demented It is all too easy to categorise Francois X exclusively as a techno artist, but this sells him short. Learning from French electronic veterans DJ Deep and DJ Gregory in the 2000s gave him a lifelong love for soulful music outside of techno's confines. A pro athlete in the making, he first turned his persistence and discipline into a successful stint in finance before launching himself into a music career. With a new label, Demented X launched for slower, trippier material and a tour schedule packed like never before, Francois let Gabriel Zattin into his world at Resident Advisor's Paris Community Connections event earlier this year. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges at residentadvisor.net and follow us on Soundcloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Francois X is up next. We'll
0: to listeners on SoundCloud in the future. Um, I hope you enjoy the future. It is another Resident Advisor exchange. We're live in Paris for the Community Connections event, and I am joined by Francois X of many, many, many things, which we'll get on to. Francois, I would like to start by asking exactly what I asked an hour ago. You're sitting next to someone at a dinner table who doesn't know anything about you. How would you explain who you are and what you do and what you stand
2: for? Ah, okay, big question. So, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Francois Xavier, and I'm playing and producing DJ as Francois X. X, X means Xavier, because some people think it's like for, you know, like X-Porn. But uh, mainly I'm into this uh, music business uh, since a long time ago as a music lover, like... Maybe like now I'm 36. It's been like 20 years. Not as a professional, but as, like I said, like a a lover in in a way. And uh, like many people before me and many people after me, uh, I became addicted to house and techno and electronic in general when I came into a club the first time, you know. Basically for me it was not the club itself, not the people, not the... But just the the volume, you know, like the sound volume was so loud. Maybe it was the first time for me that I could hear something like that loud. So it was very, very physical, you know. So it checked my body and I was like instantly like in love. So for me, if I have to define myself, the club is a big part in my life. It's a big part of the way I'm feeling the music, the way I'm feeling the the scene, the movement, uh, everything. I am like, um, like you said, many things. I became like, at first, a house lover because in Paris around, like, like at the end of the 90s, the techno was not so big, it was mainly house. And I was like really attracted to house music and for sure to this fantasy about house music, you know, like the the classical dance American music. You know, like the, the clubs like Paradise Garage uh, in New York, like Chicago with uh, the music box and the power plant and all this fantasy, like there is my friend Julian in, in the place. Uh, we had this word, uh, simple word for, for that. It's called the dream, you know, we always dream about that era. Club house music, then techno music. Maybe we're going to cover it after in a way, I'm just like a guy who wants to vibe in a club, who wants to feel the the atmosphere, who wants to to get laid in my head. I don't know if I could say that, but <laughs> spiritually, I want to have like experience. For me, mu- electronic music is okay. For some people, it's it's like a fight, uh, but for me, at first, it's just like a vibration. You know, it's not like about. I stand for vibration. I'm I, like, I want to yeah, to really have the groove in me. In a way, it's just like general words, like not very, really specific. When I'm defining myself, it's like just those spiritual words and those like um, feelings in a way.
0: It's interesting to me that you're talking about these grand concepts of what dancing means and what the best clubs of all time mean, because you were training to be a pro-athlete, I think you are playing tennis, and, yeah. then you, and then you worked in finance yeah. for 10 years. So you're at one end of the spectrum that is not tripping in a club for 10 hours, and it's not playing for 10 hours. How did you kind of realign your sensibilities? How did you come from that side of the world into a world where you felt comfortable working in music? Like, Was there a, a point where you wanted to take the jump, or was it just a slow process of realising what your heart and your head were telling you?
2: The thing uh, I can say is that I practice a lot of tennis, I play tennis at a quite high level. Um, doing finance at a normal level. But the common things between those three mediums are like the you know the feeling. For example, when I play tennis even to nowadays, you know when you play at a good level, you can experience like fear, uh, um, exhaustion, like um, pressure, uh, many things. When I was at, like trading, in a way, it was the same thing, you know. Like it was about the feelings. It was uh, stressful. It was like uh, um, euphoric. I don't know, but and music is the same, you know. So for me, from the outside, it's like completely different things, you know. Like, but for me, it just the same things. Is it's like really about the feeling. Just an, it was just a natural process, you know. Okay, at one point music was on the side, but it was really a strong passion. Uh, tennis also, finance, for some people it could be strange, but for me it was like really interesting, you know, about geopolitical things. Uh, I was in, I'm like a passionate guy, you know, so when I'm doing something, I'm going deep, deep, deep. So there is no like difference.
0: It's funny you just mentioned Deep because I was going to say <laughs> someone that probably, you know, changed your perspective was DJ Deep. You've yeah. spoken a lot about your connection to Deep and to Gregory and to Detman as well yeah. outside of France. And I don't want to spend too long on this. Mm-hmm. But these guys clearly gave you something that you've taken into your career as it's gone up and up. What were the lessons you were taking from them?
2: Um, I could say that from Cyril, uh, DJ Deep, it was. he uh, told me how to love sometimes in a really hard way, but to love and to cherish this uh, legacy of pioneers in electronic music. He made me discover a lot of things. You know, he's like, a, he's like Merlin, you know, he's like a wizard, he knows everything. And he lived everything. So he taught me how to really dig your roots. For me, it's really important, you know, to know where you come from, to know your roots, you know, to move forward, for me, it's like the basis. People like Gregory, you know, is um, not really like a, a teacher, but he's more like a, a funny character. You know, we have this guy, this French actor, who's dead now, um, called Michel Serrault. He was this funny character in a way. And uh, Gregory w- put this like, maybe like funny and like a comic a way of behaving in his music. So it gave him this kind of uh, uh, grandeur, I don't know if it's correct, yeah? And so, I, I used to go to see him a lot, uh, playing at different parties, and it for me, it made me realize that, okay, you have to be serious about your roots, but you have also to be um, super um, vibey in a club, you know? You have to bring that craziness. So, Gregory told me that, I mean, she taught me that, and then Marcel Detman maybe taught me how to be more professional because I, he was like a big uh, DJ at the time already. So, you know, when I started working with him, it was the time, it was the, at the moment I was like quite quitting finance and like uh, embracing my DJ and musician career. So yeah, it, in a way it was like more to be more professional, more uh, having a vision, you know, of your profile, of your of your job, you know? Yeah.
0: When you talk about a vision, it seemed to me, and this is looking back, so I wasn't obviously there at the time, but when you were running uh, events and beginning to promote and put out music on the label that became Demented, um, at the social club you were booking artists that maybe were not seen in Paris at the time. I think I pulled up Shackleton, Sandwell District, Lucy, Joey Orbison, the kind of people that may play once a year, if that, in 2009. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys must have had a vision to do something different. Um, was it a challenge to execute that? Were people coming and enjoying it? Did you think that it was going to go as far as it did? Or was it just piece by piece?
2: It's a bit of everything. I think when I started doing, I mean, when we started doing parties with Julien, my colleague who is there uh, it was um, I think we were lucky because it was this phases uh, moment in Paris when we had that you know like French touch minimal and then a bit of emptiness in the club scene and but social club was running wild at the moment you know so we started the party at different locations and then I don't, I don't remember exactly why, but it was just a matter of luck or just like opportunities. Uh, we were asked to do parties at the, at the social club. And like you said, it was not famous for that kind of sound, for that type of music. But um, the club, I think, was doing so well that they didn't care about the change of lineups, you know. So they trusted us and maybe the first party we did with social club was not at social club because at the time it was like uh, under construction. So we did a party in another location and it was with uh, Maurice Von Oswald and um, Tiki Man. And the party was like super big, super successful. And the first one we did at Social Club was with um, um, Joey Orbison and um, I forgot his name, Scuba, who was at the time like the king of dubstep. And s- Joey Orbison, like you said, it was just like uh, a new act, it was just done the, um, his hit, um, Hype Funk Mongo? Um, I don't know. Hype Mongo? Half Mongo, yeah. And so. The, the little seed that planted the big, big, big tree. Yeah, 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 so. And the first party it was like, went so well, it was not a surprise, but not even like um, something we planned for, it was just like, but I, I remember like, maybe with Julian, we did like a lot of communication, we were like really promoters in a way, you know, like so. Maybe it was just like being at the the right time, at the right moment, with some rock, you know, like and it went well. So there is no like sec- there was no secret, there was no planning. It happened.
0: The people that we're talking about now are international
2: artists, yeah. but what
0: you're most well known for internationally is being part of a Parisian or French techno scene. There must have been a point where you were changing from booking international artists to trying to bring up people around you. When when did that shift happen? Is that the vision that took uh, over or was y- it just, again, just y- circumstance? No, no,
2: no, no, no. I'm, I'm for, for, um, maybe I'm gonna add something. The lineups we, we've done at that time, it was because we were like so often into the record shop, you know, we were like just like a great diggers, so for us it was natural to invite them. But also the French act we had, it was like a bunch of friends around us. And because they played the like most of the time live, um, warm-ups or lives, you know, like the first live act, it was at the same time, in fact. It was not like we're going to book international DJs and then when it's going to be a bit like more uh, su- successful, we're going to invite French act. No, 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 no. It was at the same time. So, And that led to the um, creation of Demented. If I'm correct, the first party we've done was like uh, in some random location, in like artists' um, warehouses. And we we did like, we've done like s- three or four parties uh, with Wojc- Wojcicki, Polo Inesha, Julia and myself. And it was maybe the most interesting parties we did. So for us, when we went to social club, we had that in mind, so there was no like, International versus local. It was just artists we like, and we played together, and that's it.
0: So why did you develop it into a label then? What was what was the genius of that?
2: You know, when you start DJing, or when you want to play in bigger, cl- I mean bigger clubs, I mean official clubs of your city, sometimes you have to organize party. You know, in a way we were half DJs, half promoters. After three, two or three years of promoting parties, we were done. You know. We, we we had invited uh, like all the guys we wanted so for us it was like we, we have to stop you know you know on one side we have to stop because it's not a, a real job you know because after that you have to develop other skills and on the other side we were like okay like you like I've, I told you the the life from polar inertia the music from uh, DCRD or uh, voice key of the people around us they were so good, they had so many stuff ready, we decided to stop the party, or maybe to run it more slowly, and then, okay, let's do a label, it's the time, you know? And it was not for just for Julian and me, myself, it was, okay, the guys are so good, they were like, they were literally killing the dance floor. I remember once one live of Polar Inertia, they, it was amazing, you know, mind-blowing, you know? And so, it was a natural process to stop the party and start the label, you know? so uh, there was no magic it was just a family thing bunch of friends living the the life of great diggers of love electronic music lovers and we were like okay let's set up a label gonna release music and nothing special you know i think you've said before that a lot of the people that
0: release on the label live close to each other that yeah. like people are just like a street down from each other was that uh, just like a circumstantial thing, or is that just where people live Did that no 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 we we didn't live together?
2: close to each other we live in Paris, but um Jean and myself are in the posh side. the other guy were in the south of Paris. We are just friends you know, doesn't matter where we live I mean in Paris yeah nowadays you have like people who are living in like southern area but um no, we were like really separate
0: the The reason I was gonna lead up to this is you released with Antigone and this is jumping a few years forward now but I thought the title that we move as one was misinterpreted. People thought it meant you were making a statement about the the, the scene. But it made so much sense that it looked like the correct answer. You guys spent most of the the 2010s, the last uh, nine and a half years, and it seemed like every time each step was taken, as one and this whole group of artists came up because of the label demented but you were doing shows around the world together the sound was quite similar you must have felt like there were six of you against the world and you were kind
2: of slowly going up as a movement right yeah yes and yes at the time and sometimes no nowadays it's the you know like f- the way of developing yourself sometimes you start as a group as of like a common force and but yeah yeah at, at that time it was like really like a dream because we are a bunch of friends. It was there was no plan. It was just about the feeling, the love, following our, our like our passion. So yeah, when when we did that record on Demented, it was I think the peak time for this community. I mean, we were we had the same vision at the time. You know, we were in this kind of bubble. No pressure. No harsh feelings it was really this paradise in a way you know we were like having dinner lunch all together i'm doing uh, doing music with antigone on the weekend playing in other clubs together meeting julian during the week having like lunch even like meetings but really random re- meetings with all the label artists it was the yeah it was that force but in a way We were a bit isolated, in a good, in a positive way, because we were in this kind of friendship bubble, you know, nothing could happen to us, because we were like, cool, I mean, cool for us, but we were like, um, just feeling the purest essence of this uh, utopia we had for this music, you know.
0: How were your musical visions changing? Because we're talking now about a strategic thing, about how people becoming aware of you, but you were... Surrounded by creatives and friends that you respected, and you were playing on bigger and bigger dance floors. You must have had a different perception of the music you wanted to play. What was it like eight years ago, and what's it like now? How's that? How's that morphed?
2: Ah, uh, good question. Eight years ago, I was like more inexperienced in terms of uh, driving a dance floor. It was more like um, playing what I liked, uh, playing no matter what the crowd will think about it or will. Uh, react, how uh, the crowd will react, but it was more like playing the record I want to play. So musically, I was in the, eight years ago, maybe like 10 years ago, the scene all itself was changing, it was morphing, you know? When I was into house, it was really like dense music, like the roots, the Chicago, Detroit, uh, New York axis. Uh, and then it became more like a bit cheesy, then I started to play more like um, this kind of in-between, when like you had like Dixon and Inner Vision guys at that time, not nowadays, but at that time, you know, because for some people, they oh, you know, but no. Uh, but at that time, you know, it, the, the, the music was a bit more, um, became more techier. So everybody was playing this kind of in-between sound. And then when I started to play more bigger dance floors, I was playing mainly techno. But it was a bit darker than what I'm playing nowadays. Maybe over the years I I learned uh, how to drive a dance floor, you know, how to ease people, to get people in a, to give a rush of adrenaline. So nowadays I think I've become more mature, more um, experienced. I think I have the, the skills nowadays to combine all my influences, you know. So, if you take that, that plus my, my, my more diverse way of playing nowadays, I think I can read a dance floor better by playing more deeper stuff, more personal stuff, and I can uh, drive between more emotions. So, I didn't change my music. I just changed my perception of the dance floor. I think I'm more experienced and more mature to really be myself.
0: You know, the other thing that I thought of when I looked at We Move As One was you're talking about the dance floor because when you make comments about playing with crowds, you're talking about this unifying factor. You say, we go on a trip. We were in that moment together. We were feeling it. And I I noticed the way you um, speak is someone that spent long, long hours on a a dance floor looking out at someone (laughs) looking back at you and kind of reading the crowd. Um, Do you think that playing all night sets and playing at different times of day all across the world has led you to kind of have a different understanding of what makes people tick? Can you see a crowd and understand what they're going for? Because you have, as you say, a diverse pool of playing and you have music. Do you think you can now cater to different crowds with different mood sets and that's something that can only be learned with experience? Or do you think that's you tapping into their passion on a human level? What is it that works?
2: for me DJing is a long road you know so in a way it depends for example nowadays i think for me the most important thing in a party in a club is the warm up you know if the guy before you or if i'm doing a warm up this is the party the the section of the of the of the the party where you have to put a mood you know you have to prepare not to deliver you have to prepare the crowd to be ready to listen to everything, you know? To go into from point A to point B, C. And sometimes, for me, when I play in a party and there is a guy banging at the beginning, I'm not uh, feeling comfortable to play what I want, you know? I mean, the crowd is already rushing into the darker mood. In a darker mood, it's like really, the tempo is already already hard, yeah, it's like so energetic, so I cannot play what I want, I cannot travel, you know, I cannot make people travel with me, so for me the the warm-ups are really important, so when I have a good warm-up when the people before me is doing that good warm-up, I can be myself, I can play whatever I want, so those moments when I can do that sometimes I can feel the, the connection, I can I've this kind of a bond with the crowd and this is a thing I'm feeling recently you know maybe since 2 years and before it, I think I wouldn't be able to feel that because I was not ready you know in a way to be free of any judgments any kind of pressure so I mean, like let's face it. I'm 36. I started djing like at 16, even if it, was, if it was not professional on a professional level. But it took me 20 years in a way to really understand what is djing, and I'm still learning. So yeah, for me, is something you have in your stomach, but also something you have to uh, practice, to see, to feel. Fine tune. Yeah, yeah. We could say it we could say that it's, it's fine tuning, yeah. Constantly, you know. Depending on because the more like successful or famous you become, the more bigger the dance for her. So sometimes it's uh you also have to uh learn how to play festival, you know, like this one hour and a half or two hour slot when people are like they already paid sixty bucks to have like this fantasy or the, this festival uh fantasy utopia, and they don't want to to wait, you know? So you have to deliver like straight to them something like really powerful sometimes, so it depends. That's
0: gonna kind of lead on perfectly to what I was asking about the reputation you have for being a big techno DJ in the 2010s. Techno is massive, techno festivals happen everywhere from Bogota to Tokyo, and you play a lot of them, and you're known on the circuit as a techno DJ. You don't always get eight, nine, ten hours, and when we had a call earlier this week, I got a sense of um, maybe frustration that your label and your personal style is characterized as dark, intense techno. Mm-hmm. How can you kind of reconcile wanting to give part of your character, go deeper, show a different side of DJing, while also being a techno headliner? Yeah. Is, it, is it something you think about how you can break that perception?
2: Sometimes it's difficult to break people's opinions. Like you said, uh, I'm, I'm known as a big techno DJ. I mean, big, you said big, techno DJ. <laughs> I could say that when I play like long sets I, and um, I'm in this really comfortable chair when I can be me, I can play from, ha- I play everything I love, you know, like house music, sometimes a bit of idm, sometimes a bit of electro, sometimes a bit of techno. If I could put some ambient in, in between, like classic I'm not like DJ Harvey, you know, like this wide spectrum of music, but in terms of electronic, I want to play like this really wide spectrum of things. So I understand nowadays when you are big or bigger, promoters want to sell you in the most profitable way, you know? So they have to put the word techno because techno means... Uh, nowadays, like oh, cash, big party, boom boom, and that's it. I mean, also techno is like a popular word now. It's pop music because techno is like for Marcel, Detman to Panpa, to Amelians, to me, to uh, even like people. If you can go to Beatport. Um, some tracks are labeled te- are, are labeled techno, and it's like tech house or so deep house. So. so, I think techno nowadays it's it's a really sellable word. But if I wanted to reconcile people, I just wanted to say to them that hey, I'm, I'm like more than that. You know, I play. I, I have, I have, a, I have a, like a not a strong background, but a really diverse background. I'm in love with many things. So I would say I'm not. It's will not be fair to say I'm a techno DJ. No, I'm a house DJ. I'm a house and technology. It's just Francois X. You know, you can you can play everything. Let's say I want to bring some diversity but also like a wide right spectrum of emotions you know i mean it could be interesting if nowadays if, uh, we could not label artists and parties but just on like music terms you know like techno jungle but more about uh the feeling you're gonna have at this party is it gonna be a darker party is it gonna be like i don't know like a um white sexual party or like um uh, nerdy party we're gonna come with glasses and look on the floor and gonna listen to me you know like so for me it's better to say like okay François is playing like this kind of really dreamy music you know like it's 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 a lot about emotion about feelings he want to embark you on a trip you know so for me it's like I'm like driving a spaceship in a way so it's difficult because it's tricky, you know. If like we we talk about it, we say now I'm playing house. Oh so Francois is playing house nowadays? No, he's not playing anymore techno. No, no, no. I'm still playing techno, I'm still playing I'm playing many things. So I have to find I don't have to find a way. I would love to be recognized as, as me, you know, as myself, as Francois X.
0: Is that partly why you started the new label this year? well I say new, it's uh XXX, the, the side label of Demented? Is that a way that you can break your own image and break the image of the label
2: or maybe not break it but add an extra mm, arm. it's not about breaking it's about the I started the new label because uh I wanted to, I wanted to have like my own platform you know just my just my sole vision so in a few months maybe like with time maybe the the releases are gonna like draft a map of what I like, even if it's not my music. So maybe yes, in a way, but like I said at the beginning of this interview, for me I'm, like, I'm really f- about feelings, it's just a natural way all the, along, all, all the you know, like all along. So the, my vision is gonna be like more, I hope, clear for the people, for the, for the crowd, for the industry. So yeah, in a way, yes.
0: Do you think your reliance on feelings and your your kind of your, your innate passion is why you connect so much to Chicago and Detroit House? Because they yeah. they had ways of talking about sexuality, about about people and community. In they could do it with a really simple baseline, but it hits you deep, and that seems uh, yeah. to be what you've taken
2: from them. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said with Julian, we always that using the word like the dream, you know. Um. So yes, it's all about feelings, even though I'm. I know by heart all the history about this music. When I, for example, when I ha- I'm in a mood or I'm in a part of my life where I'm lacking of inspiration, I'm a bit like um, disappointed with the scene, with what's going on, and I just have to look or to watch like the old documentaries about Detroit, about Chicago, about Potter's Garage, and I dream, you know, like I'm like with like the, the, the kids' eyes looking at it, watching it, and I'm dreaming, you know, and it gave me goosebumps and just the fantasy, the utopia of it. So about it, so for me, it's yeah, it's really deep. And I, I know it's just music, it's just like clubbing. There are like most bigger, like and serious problems on the planet. But when I, I am when I'm talking about it, when I'm when I'm in this, I'm, I'm in this thing, it's just about the feeling. I don't know why, but it's just about the passion I have for it. I'm a kid in a way.
0: Let's talk about how Concrete ties in with that. It's something we haven't talked about already in 40 minutes and it's something that people associate with you first. How does that match up as a dance floor, as a crowd, as an incubator of talent? You're one of the two or three most connected people too. How does that fit with your idea and your vision, your dreams of the clubs back then?
2: It's a tricky question, my friend. Um, The thing is, Concrete for me was like the part of my uh, DJ life where I, have was, I started to be uh, recognized internationally. So, and I, that was maybe my, my first residency. So there I had the, the opportunity, the freedom to really be in a spot where I could be the most free guy uh, on the planet. So it was a laboratory for me, you know. It's really difficult because my vision is my personal vision, my ideal, my my point of view, my way of living. So sometimes you cannot uh, mix it with others' uh, point of view. You know, so, uh, so it's always a, in a in a funny way. I mean, it's a really a positive in a, in a positive way. I'm always like struggling. You know, uh, it's like uh, debating with uh, the guy at concrete because when I'm like. Sometimes I have like a whole night long, I want to like put some special decoration to recreate that vibe, to have that belly like tickling. So it's difficult. So for me, if I want to really develop and to set up my own vision, I have to do all by myself. So sometimes I have to compromise, Sometimes I'm, st- yeah, it's, it's difficult.
0: The predominant thing that I get from you is like a sense of balance. Um, and I think that I might link all the way back to tennis. That uh, you're a big DJ and you tour and you play long sets, so you play short sets, but you never seem to be, from what I can understand, on the on the cusp of burnout. It seems to be measured. You you have a pragmatic way of looking at the the kind of ways you need to cut corners, the concessions you need to make, but you're still like eking out and slowly getting to a place where you feel happiest. To to people that are listening in the future or DJs that may be starting out, how do you build that kind of endurance? It's a, it's a difficult game to stay at the top of and you you've kind of become part of the furniture if you can explain to anyone what it, what it kind of takes to be a mainstay and how you need to check yourself now and again <laughs>
2: uh you have to be me first no i'm talking uh, i think it's you have to be patient patience in french we say patience la patience est une vertu but per- patience is the main thing you know like you have to be ready to learn you know um, I think also you have to be um, prepared and ready to get out of the noise. You know, for me the noise is like the, I mean, in in, in finance the noise was when you had a big announcement. You know, like and everybody everybody in the in, in the industry was rushing, doing like stupid things. So when you're like a DJ, you have to be patient. You have to get out of that noise of oh nowadays this trend is like becoming bigger. Uh, you have to put that. F- Instagram first do Do your stuff and if you believe in your stuff if you believe in your uh, if your passion is true and it will create like a shape and this shape is going to be you going to take place and people going to notice it and you will become like I mean you will become you and the more quicker you are you you are yourself the more so I think the most successful you will be. So, but you have to be patient, I think. Because not to become successful, to really learn about yourself, to really learn what you like, to really learn what you are made of, in a way. You know? So it's like a long trip, a long road. For me, like, I think maybe just patience and believing in yourself is the, are the main key. To become a man's like you say. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it's going to be 10 years of Demented soon, you've been playing for 20 years, you've definitely made it a little bit longer than a lot of people in the game. Um, On that note with Demented uh, and the 10th anniversary coming up in a year or two, what are the plans for the label? Because you now have a side label, we're talking a lot about you as a DJ, but you have a community of artists, you have a lot of music you've been putting out over the years. How are you gonna reconcile your your schedule and your, your search for your inner self with also running the label and the artists that kind of owe their livelihood to you?
2: I think with Julian over the years we uh have becoming master at the yeah, do it yourself. So in a way, I, we I with my agent Juliet, we've set up everything by ourselves. So we are pretty we are pretty good now at doing Stuff. I mean, many and different things uh, at once. So I don't know. It's like I'm playing tennis a lot. I think I have to be really prepared to cherish this light inside me. I think this light inside me is still lightning. Is still like um, illuminating my like passion. So I can do many things at this art. Same time, I don't have to reconcile. To reconcile, I, I have to just to feel it, you know. So I can have like five labels. I can play like 10 gigs a month. I can produce an album. So the next things I have, I will do will be like, you know, like sh- uh, taking care of the label, having a strong vision about it, you know, like developing artists. Because a thing also when you tour a lot and you're becoming bigger, you're becoming more. Um, you are away from your city you're not like really close to the local scene. And sometimes it's where the most interesting things happen. So I have to, I'm gonna like taking care of small artists. I'm gonna transmit my, uh, I don't know, my experiences, doing another albums, doing remix. You know, like the usual, uh, I mean, when you are passionate, you don't have any plans, you just do, you know? So for me, the next, move for for Francois X is like just uh, living his passionate life of uh, electronic musician.